You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome into a special uh, segment of Lockdown Horn Frog. So we're going to try this over the next few weeks. It's called Fan Corner, and I appreciate Tommy Fisher's with us. Um, Tommy's been listening to the show for a while. He frequently interacts with me on Twitter, um, and he re- actually reached out and said, "Hey, I think this would be a cool thing to do to sort of get some more engagement." Um, so I'm going to let him go first, and I'm excited. I got to talk to Tommy some off the air here, and. I feel like I could do like a 45 minute podcast on his life because he seems like a super interesting person and, and I'll let you fill everybody in Tommy, but um, basically you're a former college football player and you don't have like the necessarily traditional route to TCU fandom. So um, how did you sort of become a Horn Frog fan and how long have you been following uh, the team? So I, uh, out of high school, I went and played football at a small NAIA school in North Dakota of all places. Um, did that for a year. Um, got really fat because the coaches wanted me to put on more weight and my, my knees started killing me. So I, uh, I decided not to, I got a job that summer working on a farm of all things. And I lost Mm -hmm. like 60 pounds and there was no way I was going to show up for camp. So, um, that kind of ended my football career. So I transferred back to Montana state and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. So then I ended up joining the military. Um, I joined the Navy. I became a Navy corpsman. So I was a, a medical person, a combat medic. So I went through, you know, all the, the schools you go to and EMT school and uh, field medicine school with the Marines and mm-hmm. a station in Quantico, my first duty station, did a couple of years there. <clears throat> and then I uh, went to Hawaii, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii um, for a couple of years. Uh, finished up my undergrad while I was in and enlisted in Hawaii, uh, 9-11 happened and it kind of changed things. And, mm-hmm. um, I was fortunate to get out when I got out. Um, I got out, I had my degree and then, uh, I started working at a place called Kaiser Permanente, which is a big healthcare organization. And I did that for four years. Um, I was really involved, um, with Hawaii football at the time. And I remember TCU, um, was part of the whack with wife for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I, that's how I first was kind of exposed to TCU. Um, and then when I left Hawaii, um, I moved here and I went to a game. Uh, there was, they're playing UNL, UNLV, I think it was. And uh, TCU was a top 10 team. I think this was in 2009 and they didn't have enough fans in the stands. Yeah. And that, that kind of hurt me. Right. <laughs> so I was like, all right, all right, I'm going to be a fan now. So I became a fan and, you know, I, I went intermittently for a couple of years. And then in 2011, after the Rose Bowl, when they decided they're going to the, the Big 12 is when I decided to walk in. And I said, all right, we're buying a four pack of tickets and I'm going to let this consume my life. And that's how I became a fan of TCU. That's awesome. Uh, going off book for a second. What was it like going from Montana, North Dakota, like that climate to Hawaii? Oh. <clears throat> so, um, so Montana's cold, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. But it has mountains and stuff to block the wind. Mm-hmm. North Dakota is cold, cold without the mountains to block the wind. So it, that wind just rips through. And I remember one day, um, at the end of football, um, I parked my car cause I was living in the dorms right there and I parked it and there was the next day there was like 20 feet of snow and, uh, <laughs> nobody was driving. 
I, I didn't see my car for two months. Oh my gosh. Um, so, but what would happen is uh, everybody had, or some people in town would, or would have these snowmobiles and, and people, that's how people during this big winter storm, that's what they would do. So you would have people pull up in their little things with a, you know, a couple of cases of beer and we take in the barracks and have plenty of drinks. So it was, it was fun. I mean, it was, it was cold, man. It was just cold. Yeah. And then before I went to Hawaii, you know, I was, I was in Great Lakes, which is another cool place. Um, and then I went to um, Camp Lejeune for a little bit and that's a hot, humid place mm-hmm. during the, during the, during the summer, which is <laughs> wicked. And then uh, from there, I went to Quantico for a couple of years, which is kind of in between. And then after that, Hawaii and Hawaii was perfect every day. And I was like, it was hard to leave. I mean, I, you know, I finished my undergrad there and then I, I started grad school and been almost finished there. I finished up online when I, when I moved out. Um, but it was a hard place to like the last four years of my life. Like I, I didn't have, all I had was like a moped, mm-hmm. a bicycle. <laughs> and I just, every day I would just wake up on the weekends and just load my little moped up with this, you know, a six pack of beer and cruise down to the beach and just hang out. And right. it was a totally different lifestyle. I wasn't getting anywhere, but man, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. It sounds, sounds like a great time. Yeah. Um, so turning our attention to this team and kind of where they are, I want to ask you first about the quarterback situation and we're recording this on Thursday morning. So there's always a possibility some news breaks, but um, as of now, there hasn't been a settled starter. I was asking you one, Tommy, like, who do you think, if you had to pick, who would you choose the starting QB? And what do you make of Sonny Dyke saying earlier this week that he thinks all three quarterbacks, that's Chandler Morris, Max Duggan, and Sam Jackson, might end up playing against Colorado in the season opener? So who do I think should start? I think Chandler Morris should start 100%. Um, okay. And if it isn't Chandler Morris – I honestly think Sam Jackson should be the next guy or Sam is Jackson's last name. Yeah. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. Sam Jackson. I think, I think when it's all said and done, I think Sam is going to go, is going to be the more talented player just off of what I've read and what I've seen a little bit in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Max. I love Max has all the intangibles that any, any team right. would want. He's a leader. He's a warrior. He plays through pain. He plays hurt. He'll do anything. I'm And I feel bad but I've seen three years and it's been three up and down years. Um, he's mm-hmm. progressed a little bit every year. Um, he struggles with the deep ball, which is something, you know, we have, we have, we have high flyers, man. We got yeah. people who can burn it on the outside. We need somebody with some accuracy. And mm-hmm. I think when you throw that, and I think if you throw just the, with what I've said, what I've seen in Chandler, he throws with greater anticipation. Um, I think he sees the field a little better. I think he processes a little quicker. I think he has a quicker release, which is something that's really important because Boykin had a tremendous release. It was yeah. out. He throws at different angles. Um, I just think that I don't know. I just I just think that Chandler's gonna give us the best best chance to win. And by the end of the year, um, or even next year, I wouldn't be surprised if if Sam's the man just because I've just the highlights I've seen him do. Yeah. There's things that he does you you don't coach. Yeah, yeah. That, that physical talent is is pretty insane. In the little bit that we've seen from from Sam, um, I'll I'll put you on the spot again. But I was just curious because I know as you know as fans, we typically say like if you have two QBs, you know you don't you don't necessarily have any. But as someone who played at at a high level, like do you think there's something to the team buying in and like rallying behind 
one player you know, at that specific position. Obviously, there's so many positions that rotate, but at QB, having that that certified leader that everyone knows is the guy. So when the one year I played, we had we had two guys, and one of them was an All American receiver who played quarterback because he was just so talented and he could run and do all these things. And the other quarterback was more of the throwing quarterback. And to be honest, what what I did was nothing comparable to what these guys do. I went and stood on their practice, and I stood next to these dudes, and they are they're huge, yeah, right? and they are fast, and there's no comparison there. But um, I think. I honestly think that the reason Sonny even talks about playing the three of them is because one, he doesn't want anybody to transfer. Right. He wants to keep them all somewhat engaged. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm against it. I think that you should have one quarterback and that quarterback should allow to get in, be allowed to get into rhythm, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think Chandler is a rhythm quarterback. If if you look at it, right. I mean, when, when he first started that Baylor game, he wasn't, exactly amazing but then as soon as he started getting warm it was just flowing right and he was mm-hmm. flowing if you get a quarterback who starts to flow you do not take him out of the game you, you can you can put in somebody like sam and do like a, a jet reverse or have him do some sort of trick play here and there mm-hmm. but i don't think that you're gonna pull pull chandler for a series yeah I, I right. just, especially if he's playing well now if he's struggling then I can understand giving the other guys a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm totally fine with that. But I think once you get a starter, I think the team, they, they need that leader, right? They need that guy. Yeah. And I, that's just my personal opinion. And so you mentioned Sonny Dykes. I mean, we we know him well from his SMU days. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were on the hire, but just sort of your impressions on him in year <clears throat> one and, and what you're excited about. Okay, so when he was first hired, I was like, uh, you know, I wasn't too excited. I wasn't, sure. wasn't, you know, I was like, okay, it makes sense. I understand it makes sense. Once I heard him talk and I heard him kind of put out his coaching philosophy and things like that, I was like, one, I've never heard somebody talk so smoothly wearing a TCU coaching uniform <laughs> in a while. Yeah. Like this guy can articulate everything he wants to say and he does it perfectly, right? So, I just, you know, I, I like the idea of how he's not involved in every little thing. I like the idea if he wears that that hat of all hats where he oversees mm-hmm. people. And I love the the idea that he hires the best possible people to do their job, right? So he his his uh I mean, if you just look at when he first hired, like his running back coach was who was a, who was a star recruiter in yeah. the NFL, yeah. his defensive line coach went to the national championships. Yeah. When's the last time we could say that ever happened in a GP's, anybody on GP's tree, right? Sure, yeah. I, I think I think what he does is he enables his coaches to do their job, mm-hmm. you know? I think the biggest the biggest thing, and I think the reason why TC failed so much is because these last couple of years, it wasn't because of talent. We've always had good enough talent to be at mm-hmm. least eight or a nine-win team. Right. I think that whenever you, when Gary brought in his best friend, to um to coach the coaches which i still don't understand that yeah um, it, it's like they i don't even know if they were good at their job because i don't know if they were ever really allowed to do their job sure because, you know, because gary was so over the top and you know micromanaging and stuff like that i i don't know i i, I I'm, i'll be curious to see how um i mean i how what's his name does at law tech Oh, Sonny Cumbie? Yeah. yeah. I'll be really curious how he does. I mean, he 
when he when he was hired at Tech and he took over, they they balled. They did, yeah, yeah, they yeah. played well. And I don't know. I mean, I, I I used to be down on him, but it's like part of me is like, is it is it really him? You know, is sure. it just the situation? And I think the players kind of they kind of get that too, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, I think the culture just was it was going in the wrong place, man. It was stale, you know. I yeah. watched all the games, and it was just like it was stale, you know. They would try the first couple games, and if they had a loss or two, then I think people started shutting it down, mm-hmm. and they weren't playing, you know. Like uh, I mean, there's there's no way that we should ever have lost to West Virginia, right? Yeah, yeah. that 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 should never have happened. Yeah, there are a lot of those head scratchers lately. Um, so turning our attention to, I guess, concerns. Tommy, what's your biggest concern for this team? You got a whole new defense. You're still figuring out the quarterback situation. What do you think could hold TCU back this year? So as a program, um, my biggest concern is is if you know what's going to happen with this realignment stuff. That's a program, right? Okay. Now yeah. we're talking about this year. The only the 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 biggest concern that I have right now is the defensive line. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. and the biggest concern of all that is the nose guard because that's such a key focal point. You know, we need a guy who's going to have demand a double or triple team so those linebackers can flow and come mm-hmm. up with plays. Now, I will say this: with Gary's defense, you know, it's like you had to be a smart person, you had to be very versed, and you had to do all these things to get it right. And to me, when you have an athlete who has to think instead of react and play. That's not a good. That's not a good thing, right? Sure. Um, I remember watching the Baylor game several years ago when Baylor won it, and I remember we were we weren't even getting our plays in by the time that they were snapping the ball, and our defense is standing up, turning around, looking at the corner, looking at the coaches. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't think that's that's something you can do anymore, right? Yeah. Um, I think that we have athletes, and we have very fast athletes on the back end, and we have some really solid linebackers. And I think if they're allowed to just react and do what they what they do without having to think, I think mm-hmm. we're in a better spot. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, finally, before we go here, Tommy, I guess just just give us your your prediction. What's your record prediction for for TCU football this year? And we'll say in the twelve game regular season, you know, twelve game regular season. I think we could probably go eight and four, okay, or nine and three. All uh, right. I think. Uh, you know, nobody knows because we sure. have, and I'm I'm kind of curious what we looked at. I went back and I watched some some games of like 2014 and 2015, and just the how how effortlessly how effortless the offense was. And I was just like, if we could just get some of that, and if our defense can be, I know for a fact the defense, will be better. Mm-hmm. and I think the offense will be better. Yeah, and we're always solid in special teams, so I think we could we could do eight or nine. Eight or nine and be good. Well, Tommy, thank you so much. This has been our fan corner segment. We've got one more coming early next week, and I got one more spot available. So if you want to DM me on Twitter, I'm at Simcox Steven. The show is at Locked On TCU. Um, we'd love to talk to a few of you. And uh, yeah, this was fun. So we'll be back with more here Appreciate on Locked it. On Horn Frogs. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh huh.